The LA Clippers got back to winning ways in the second night of a back-to-back -back with a big, and I put the emphasis on big, bounce back win over the Phoenix Suns. That is now two wins out of two against the Suns this season. The team that eliminated us in the first round last year. What went so well? Why was it so different than Sunday night? And how great are these Clippers playing? Going to be talking about it all on today's Locked On Clippers. You are Locked On Clippers. Your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Yes, sir. You are locking in with the clips. Thank you for making Locked On Clippers the first listen of your day, your team every day. I'm your host, Darren Viziri, born and raised in LA and in my 19th season as a Clipper fan. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod and subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, where I went live directly after the game to give my raw reaction. And Locked On Clippers is free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, where I want you to let me know who you thought was the player of the game and why. Some good choices in this one. Got great performances all the way around. And this episode is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, I would suggest placing your bets for the Clippers to win the championship on FanDuel because as I've been saying for the last couple of weeks, the odds are only going to get better. So if you want the bigger payout, start doing it sooner rather than later. All you got to do is visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make your first bet or your second bet if you've already been on it. I hope you've already been on it. But let's talk about the Clippers who have been on it for the past 26 games. 20 out of 26, they are now 23 and 13 on the season, 15 and 4 at home. And let me tell you something, the star power is shining through. The continuity is really being felt. You're seeing the Clippers be healthy, play the second night of a back-to-back -back, and bounce back from a hard-fought game with a blowout. I mean, we were up by as many as 30 in this one. And the crazy part was it was only a seven-point game at one point in the fourth quarter. The way we made it a 103-96 game, we took it from that and then went up by 30 in the span of minutes was crazy. I don't remember the Clippers ever doing that to teams. Maybe Lob City you know, had some moments, but not against really, really good teams like this. Although, you know what? Let's keep it real with the Suns. They're not a very, very good team yet. And I don't want to sound petty. I'll save that for Dime Dropper, but... Look, man, I want to play the Phoenix Suns healthy in the playoffs. Like, I want to finally get this. We haven't had a proper rematch with both teams healthy since 2006. That broke my heart as a kid. I want all this smoke. That Raja Bell shot will never fully... Like, yeah, we made it past the second round and we got over that. And it doesn't sting as much. But I really want the smoke with the Suns. I think Kawhi Leonard will get the better of them. But I will say one thing that I love to see in this game was that Kevin Durant and Kawhi were going at each other. And then you saw Devin Booker guarding Paul George again, Grayson Allen guarding James Harden, 
Bradley Beal guarding Terrence Mann, and then you saw Zubats and Nurkic matched up with each other. And let me tell you something, Zubats absolutely destroyed him. Completely outplayed him in every single facet imaginable. Rebounds, his defense was better, he blocked a couple of shots, he blocked one of his shots. Actually, I think Zub may have only had one block. Let me get a little double check on that. If it's Zubats... Yeah, just one block, and it was that block on Nurkic, but his rim protection was solid. One thing I thought was interesting, though, in the first half was that we were playing Zoo in drop coverage against the Suns' big three. I was shocked that we were doing that because I thought these last couple of games we had gotten Zoo comfortable with coming out to the level of the screen and taking away those pull-ups, and there's no team that's going to be better at pull-up mid-ranges and jumpers than the Suns with Kevin Durant and Devin Booker and Bradley Beal. And it was hurting us in the first half. I mean, KD, you know, Kawhi was guarding him, but he was coming off screens and just walking into jumpers and floaters. And on the other side, I thought KD actually got the better of Kawhi in the first half. thought he was doing a really good job defensively. I think that's part of why Kawhi only shot six shots in the first half. And he was four for six, but he wasn't super aggressive. And I thought KD did a really good job of preventing Kawhi from getting right into his shot coming off of screens. He did a good job trailing and using his length uh, and size to bother him and I was pretty impressed by that and that wasn't what we saw in the first round last year at all KD in the first half had 20 points Kawhi Leonard on the other hand had only nine points so he was fantastic in the first half Kevin Durant was Devin Booker was pretty good as well he had nine points in the first half on 50 percent shooting and here's the best stat of the entire game Kevin Durant shot 59%. Devin Booker shot 57%. And Bradley Beal shot 47%. And the Clippers still won by damn near 30. 138 to 111 was the final score. And that's how those three shot. Amazing. I mean, the Suns shot 49% from the field, but they were only 33% from three. They did, however, shoot 29 free throws, which was six more than us. And they made 86% of them, 25 of them. Clippers finally didn't shoot that well from the line in this game. We've been shooting a lot better from the line recently. 17 for 23 for us on 74% shooting. But the shooting splits, field goal and three-point, crazy. 62% from the field, 52% from three. Again, it just shows that last night, I mean, yeah, the Laker defense is better than the Suns. But the Laker defense hasn't been crazy this year. They have a better matchup with us than they used to the last couple of years. But the Clippers also just missed shots. Like, they also got a lot of good looks and just missed shots. And these are star players. Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, James Harden. Sometimes, as the defense, you just got to do your best and hope they miss. And they're not always going to miss. Like, there were moments in this game where the Suns had a good hand up on these guys, and it didn't matter because they're just that good. Like, Paul George and Devin Booker, I absolutely love that matchup, and I want to be talking more about the Stars versus the Stars in the second segment. But he played really well from the jump, and I thought it really turned around in the second half. I'll talk about the stretch that closed the second quarter a little bit more later, but that stretch in the second half where Kawhi had legitimately, like, three consecutive steals was crazy. And one of the big defensive adjustments we made, which I don't know why we didn't start this way, was blitzing Booker and KD with the screens. Zubats was coming out, and Kawhi got a couple of deflections, and he got a couple of steals back-to-back-to-back, and we took advantage of that. 
One of them, he went all the way for a dunk, but I think that was in the third quarter where he went all the way for the dunk. That was his first steal on KD in that pick and roll. And then he got another deflection. I remember he picked up a ball that James Harden was uh, defending Beal. And Beal, his two turnovers in this game, both of them, he dribbled the ball off his foot. One of them just went out of bounds in the first half. Second half, he was against Harden, lost it. Kawhi picked it up. We were off to the races. And I thought what really buried the Suns, though, when we were up 103-96, it was around that time. But Kawhi had those consecutive steals. James Harden hit a three from the top of the key when I forget which defender it was on Phoenix. It may have been a Kogi. Left James Harden to rotate onto Amir Coffey, which is just not the right decision. And Amir, being the high IQ player that he is, made the extra pass over to James for the open three from the top of the key. And then you had this another steal. Kawhi transition three that would have brought the house down, missed. Daniel Tice put back dunk. That put us up 111 to 96. And then coming off that timeout, Norman Powell got a three from James Harden off a turnover where we forced Grayson Allen baseline. He threw it away. And then Kawhi had that beautiful between the legs spin over his right shoulder into the fadeaway. And it's funny because he doesn't do it that fast. He's always at his own speed. But Grayson Allen was right in his face and it made no difference. And that's just pretty to watch from Kawhi. So that second half blitz. That's really what took over the game. It was the steals from Kawhi who really tightened it up defensively in the second half. And also James Harden, I got to give a lot of credit to defensively. You know, I don't think he was that good in the first half. You were seeing that Phoenix was going to attack him and try to get him switched on in KD and stuff. And there was one time where KD blew right by him and did a little Euro step reverse layup. But in the second half, Harden was guarding basically everyone. They were trying to put him in the action. And I thought he did a pretty good job in the point of attack, being pretty physical, moving his feet, and doing much more than I expected from him before we got him. Now, he has been solid defensively as a clipper, but he have, obviously does have those games here and there where he's just not good defensively. And I think yesterday he was okay. I actually didn't have much criticism of him defensively in the last game, but I think the game before that I did. This game... He was pretty damn good. In the second half, he was very good, actually, which is, you'll take that all day. That's huge. I mean, if he does that, the championship is very possible, really is. And I like the way he took the challenge. And besides all the other things he did, for that reason, James Harden is my player of the game. He is. He was uber efficient. He uh, found a lot of guys for open shots, got a lot of assists. And coming up, going to be talking more about the Stars, their stats, and how they were matched up against each other. Going to be talking about that coming up. Today's episode of Locked on Clippers is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you are ever in need of someone to talk to or you just want to get more clarity around you and your life, well, think about going to better help. Around New Year's, we get obsessed with how to change ourselves instead of just expanding on what we're already doing right. Maybe you finally organized one part of your space and you want to tackle another. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. Therapy helps you find your strengths so you can ditch the extreme resolutions and make changes that really stick. Things that you can that you know you can do. And sometimes it's a slow buildup to accomplishing your goals and you got to take baby steps to that. It doesn't just come overnight. To do this, all you got to do is go online. BetterHelp is designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Celebrate the progress you've already made. 
Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOnNBA. All right, Clippers winning this one 138 to 111 over the Phoenix Suns. They are now 15 and 4 at home, 23 and 13 on the road. Per the Clippers telecast, they have more 20 plus point leads than any team this season. What an amazing stat. Do you know how many times we waved the white flag last year versus how many times we blew teams out? We started the season with three home blowouts this year. It's been a different type of time from day one, and James Harden and what he's done for the team has only helped that. I mean, it has been amazing so far. I can't lie. It's been even a little bit better than I expected, even though I always expected James Harden to elevate us in the regular season. But, you know, this Russ off the bench dynamic, and let's talk about that. It's really something I did not expect that Russ would be down with, and it is, it's completely unlocked the team. It really has. Even though the poor guy, Russell Westbrook, doesn't look like he's sad or anything like that, but man... Sometimes it feels like he really can get more minutes. Let's talk about the stars in this game. Of course, you know, four big names on the Clippers, three on the Suns. As far as the Suns, I already mentioned their field goal percentages and how they still lost by 27, even, even with that. I thought all you needed was KD, Suns fans. It's the regular season, though. I'm not going to get too crazy, but I can promise you we're going to finish with a better record than them. I can promise that. And, you know, granted, they're still learning each other, too. You know, they're a young team. Not a young team. They're a team that's been injured. But Bradley Beal, 15 points on 7 for 15 shooting, only two free throw attempts. Like, that's not scaring me at all. Devin Booker, he shot well, but finally it felt like we were able to keep him at bay. And I thought the blitzing really helped. Just get the ball out of his hands. 20 points, 5 assists, 6 turnovers. So more turnovers than assists. He was a minus 31, which was the worst of any player in the game. So even though he shot 57%, 8 for 14, we will take that all day. That's one of the worst games he's played against us in a while. And then Kevin Durant, the best of the three. 30 points, seven rebounds, but 10 for 17 from the field. So that's very good, 59%. But again, I mean, it just felt like the Suns had nothing left when we made that run in the fourth quarter. Like, absolutely nothing. Just rolled over and died. Looked like a team that was not in sync. A team that's clearly still learning each other. Didn't have much backbone. Not much fight. Clippers, on the other hand, are flying. They've built reps together. They've been more serious from day one. And you know who's serious against the Phoenix Suns? Russell Westbrook. His impact when he came into the game, posting up Devin Booker twice... Oh my God. First, he spun over the left shoulder for the baseline layup. Then, posting him up on the left side of the court, turned around, bank shot, and he wanted a foul. It may have been a foul. And then he drew two defenders and fed it off to, I forget if it was Tice or Zoo, but Rust had so many good moments where he was driving and dishing it off to either Tice or Zoo around the rim. And what I liked is he only shot one three. He stayed aggressive. He, of course, had that defensive intensity, but I will say, Booker and KD were more mindful that he was going to come trail for the block and he was timing it because he wants to swat it. You know how Russ is. And they were pump faking and they got a foul or two on him. But I absolutely just loved his two offensive rebounds. Like just his body language. You can tell he wants, he has that little extra something against the Phoenix Suns. Like he wants to beat them badly. 
And that's clearly because of Kevin Durant. Like, we already know that. And, oh, my God. I mean, the intensity he played with. I So, yeah, only one three-point attempt in this game for him. And what I really liked was when teams were sagging off of him and loading up on other guys, he wouldn't take that three. He was driving and attacking the gaps and making plays. And he had seven assists as a result of things like that. Nine points, seven assists, two steals, one of them on KD, on three for six shooting. So another very efficient game for him. Three for three from the line in just 15 minutes of play. He almost had a double-double in 15 minutes. And it was a shame, you know, that he had to sit out the entire second quarter. When I say had to, I don't mean he had to, but that's what Ty Lue just elected to do. And it didn't actually end up hurting us. But for a while, when we were neck and neck with them, I was a little bit worried about it. Like just that, not worried, but just like we should have probably given him more time and let him stay in the game. In the fourth quarter, he played one minute and 13 seconds. I don't know what happened to him after the game. I know he wasn't on the bench to end, but I don't think it was anything serious. I didn't see him get injured or anything, and he was still in good spirits when he came out of the bench or came out of the game. So awesome performance by Russ. I can't emphasize how much of a luxury it is to have a player of that caliber off the bench, and he's been very efficient lately. And I love when he's not selling for threes, just attacking, because they're going to leave him open. He needs to attack that open space, go up strong. And you know what? With the shooting that we have, he's going to find guys. Then there's Paul George, who has a vendetta against the Phoenix Suns. It feels like he has, he wants to beat them as badly. I, oh, let me put it this way. It seems like he dislikes them as much as I kind of dislike them. Paul George was amazing again. That three he made over Devin Booker to end the first quarter, I believe it was, with a hand in his face, that was so satisfying. Then he had that bank shot on the left wing in the second half. He was just all over it, making his open threes, coming off screens for threes. And how much mid-post P did we get? I love that stuff. Mid-post P, back-to-basket, elbow P, just turn, pivot, face, rise up over the top like it's nothing. You put Bradley Beal on him because the Suns are switching one through four. Of course, Clippers are switching one through four as well. But we have better defensive personnel than them. I love the aggression of Paul George. Absolutely love it. And his defense was great again, just like the last couple of games. Podcast P. It's amazing how well he plays against these guys. 25 points, 7 rebounds, only 1 steal, no assists, which is actually surprising. He had this one really nice pocket pass to Zoo at one point in the first quarter. One turnover only. You love to see that. Both teams turned the ball over 14 times in this game. So take that for what you will. 10 for 19 shooting and four for nine from three for Paul. He was one for two from the line. Only two free throw attempts. So again, I like to see that higher, but hey, I have no issues with the way he played. And then you have, and yeah, so Devin Booker was guarding him. Of course, you know, Paul's guarding Beal. We had Terrence on Booker, and I thought Terrence did a pretty damn good job. I'll talk about Terrence more in the third segment, but I thought Paul was pretty solid on Beal and just doing his thing when he needed to, just playing good team defense. But offensively, I just loved his approach. And then you had, yeah, so in the second quarter, let's see how many points Paul George had in the second quarter because that's when it felt like, I mean, he was cooking in the first quarter. He had 10 points in the first, five points in the second. He had 15 at halftime. So I loved how aggressive he was to begin the game. And then to end the second quarter, this is when James Harden really started getting into the act. I thought he made some good passes in the first quarter. Nurkic was in drop coverage. But that drop coverage, and he was on a high drop with Paul, Regular drop with Kawhi. And you started to see Harden kind of abuse that towards the end of the second quarter. Grayson Allen was guarding him, but I thought he did a good job of 
embracing the mid-range game, you know, not passing those shots up, taking them, and he's been making them at a decent rate with us. And and I love I like when he does that. He's been doing that since Philly. I noticed watching him last year, last two, yeah, last year mainly. Um, he needs to take those if they because in in drop coverage, he doesn't have the same. Even though it's been looking better of late, that same burst he once had, and he's not as strong. Doesn't get as much lift. Well, actually, no, he is as strong. But he doesn't get as much lift as he once did around the basket. So you can't just get. And he didn't fully get away with threes and layups and floaters uh, with Houston. I mean, he didn't win the championship. This, he needs to embrace that mid-range. And I like how he's doing it so far. But let me tell you, his passing at the end of that quarter, he was finding guys for a bunch of open shots. He was starting to get hot himself. And in the third quarter, I thought he picked up right where he left off. I thought he had his pulse on this game. And he was so efficient. Seven, and I love that he was able to do all these things. And he only shot eight times. It didn't feel like too much from Harden. Didn't feel like, like what I talked about yesterday, that offensive intentionality, the quickness of what we were doing things. I wasn't talking about, as I said yesterday, I wasn't talking about, oh, we need more Westbrook to push the pace. I just meant even with Harden, his, you know, dribbling and his intention with the ball, there's just so much better in this game, so much better. And that's reflected in the stat sheet as well with 19 points, 10 assists. So another double-double for James, seven rebounds, three turnovers, no steals or blocks for Harden. He's been really good about that lately, but he was 75% from the field and three, six for eight from the field. Three for four from three, four for four from the line, and he played 29 minutes and 36 seconds. So thankfully, thankfully, got to play less than 30 minutes, which we need. It shows up as 30 minutes on the ESPN box score because it rounds up, but I had the uh, NBA box score as well. So that was the exact amount of time. Kawhi Leonard, Mr. Lennett. It took a little while. For him to really impose his will in the game, but he did on both ends, and that's why he's been so special this year. You'll never tell from the stat line, really, but 17 points, three rebounds, two dimes. How about five steals and a block, though? You can tell that. He took over the game defensively. Eh, yeah, he did in that fourth quarter stretch. Eight for 15 from the field. So, again, another very efficient game for the claw. One for three from the line, um, from the three-point line. No free throw attempts, which is wild. How about Ivica Zubats, though? 19 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists. And coming up, going to be talking more about Zoo, Terrence Mann, Amir Coffey, and just how great the Clippers look and what this meant after last night. I'm sorry, Sunday night's game. Going to be talking about that coming up. I got to tell you a little something about FanDuel, America's number one sports book. The NFL regular season has come to a close, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 money line bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there's so many different ways to bet. And I've been telling people, bet on the Clippers to win it all right now while the odds are still decent. The app is so easy to use. There's so many ways to get there's so many different ways to bet, like live game, live same game parlays, bets in the new explore tab, and you can make a parlay in the parlay hub and more. So visit fanduel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the National Football League. 
All right, Clippers blow out the Suns. 138 to 111 for one of the most commanding wins of the season. Quarter breakdown. First one, 34 to 31 in favor of the Clips. Wow, we gave no quarter. Gotta love that. 37-32 in the second. As I said, we had a 71-63 lead at the half. 30-28 in the third. Just a lot of trading baskets in the third quarter. And then the fourth quarter is where we blew it open. 37-20. to in that one let's talk about oh by the way daniel tice he was blitzing on the screens from the beginning and i thought that was good it actually caused some turnovers but yeah so let's talk about some of the bench players starting with daniel tice of course nine man rotation for us he played the least amount with 14 minutes and i thought he was very solid that put back dunk was awesome six points three rebounds three assists one steal one block on three for six shooting 0 for 1 from 3, no free throw attempts. In 14 minutes, he was a plus 15. Continues to be so great in that role. And right now, even though Mason Plumlee got some garbage minutes, there's no way you can make a case for him to play over him. And I would not run Tice at the 4 like some are suggesting. I just don't think his shooting is good enough for that. And I think we get more quickness and defensive, like good lateral guys defensively with, uh, not to say Tice is bad, but Plumlee and Tice, I think it's a little big for today's NBA personally. Then you had Amir Coffee. He played 23 minutes. A lot of those were garbage minutes, but he was really good in that fourth quarter. Hitting a fall away, hitting a reverse layup. I loved how he got in on the action. Nine points, two rebounds, no turnovers for him on four for five shooting. Four for five shooting, baby. 80%. One for one from deep, and he defended. The Brewmaster continues to be very solid in his role, and as I've you know, continued to beat like a drum, Amir Coffee. I love that he's in the rotation as a homegrown clipper. And then you have Russell Westbrook, who I already said, 9.7 assists, two steals in 15 minutes. He was stellar. How about Brandon Boston getting in in garbage time and having five points with a little step back three over Eubanks? I think it was over Eubanks. Five points for him. Then there's Norman Powell. I haven't even really mentioned him that much, but he continues to just be so good in his role. Catching and shooting, attacking closeouts, 14 points. I'm not saying anything bad about his defense, really. 14 points, 5 rebounds on 4 for 6 shooting and 2 for 3 from deep and 4 for 4 from the line. A little bit of foul baiting norm action. 66% from the field and 3 and he was a plus 20 in 25 minutes. He was incredible in his role. And then you have the starters, all of which played over 28 minutes. I already mentioned the stat lines for the big 3 in the starting lineup. If it's a Zubats, I said 19 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists, a steal and a block but also no turnovers, and he was 8-for-9 from the field. Like, all the Zubat slander, and now we're seeing him play different kinds of defenses, that needs to be shut up now. He's slowly proven to everyone, and James Harden's absolutely helped with it. But if you think about it, and I was making this point on Dime Dropper earlier, other bigs around the league have had better pick-and-roll guys than Zeus had in his career. The best one was, what, Reggie Jackson? He played with Rondo for a little bit. Kawhi and Paul George, they have gravity, but they're still not very good pick-and-roll guys. You got guys like Clint Capella getting free bunnies with Trey Young. You've got Dwight Powell playing with Luka Doncic. You know, Steph Curry, even though their offense is more motion-based, he's good in the pick-and-roll. Jamal Murray is, is good in the pick-and-roll. De'Aaron Fox is good in the pick-and-roll. Tyrese Halliburton is fantastic in the pick-and-roll. Chris Paul, James Harden, these guys are pick-and-roll gods. And now he's playing with one, and you're starting to see he really has improved. So for those that say he didn't improve, he can't be a starting center in a championship team, I will promise you this, he will not be the reason we lose this year. He's never been the reason we lose. 
People are like, oh, he got played off the floor against Phoenix. If he can show that he can come up on the screens and be solid like that, he will be playing 30-plus minutes against everyone. And and against Phoenix, what lost as a series is we didn't have Kawhi or Paul George, not Zubats and this and that. So this game shows me that game on Sunday night was a fluke. We missed shots. The Lakers played one of their best games of the season. It's not a big deal. Don't even sweat it. The fact that we're smacking teams in the face on the second night of back-to-backs, and last year, every single back-to-back, we were basically Kawhi's out. Oh, is Paul George out? It's such a 180. Health has been great. Knock on wood, I'm going to continue to knock. Kawhi's only missed four games. Paul George has only missed two. Harden and Russ have played every game. It's amazing, but it has to continue. It's not about right now. It's about the long haul. But I'm enjoying it one day at a time. I'm honored to be the host of this podcast. And before I sign off, I got something to say. I told you guys, I was wrong about a lot of things going into this season and in the offseason. But one thing I was not wrong about, Terrence Mann. Terrence Mann, I always have faith in him. Why? Because we've watched him from day one. And I can see an unconfident player from a mile away. It's all in his head. People just don't magically get worse at shooting without some kind of injury or something. He was in his head. He was adjusting to players slower pace than we were intended to play this season. Usually he comes in and plays with faster lineups. He's now playing with Harden and Kawhi together, who are going to make it more of a half-court game. He's getting more open looks than ever, but he's also gotten the most pressure on him than ever as being that starter on a team with this much hype on a super team. And you know what? This new year has come. And he's been hitting again. Don't tell me about Terrence Mann and who he is as a player and how, oh, he shouldn't even be starting anymore. And, you know, he should get traded. What will you do? Nah, I don't give up on my guy. This is a guy that I'm not crying, by the way. I had to cough so bad just now. (laughs) It was crazy. But. Terrence Mann is the guy that has always been good in his minutes for us every single year. He always shoots better. Always shoots better as the season progresses. How do you I know that? Because I've watched him every single year of his career. And he's the man for the big occasion. He's shown that plenty of times. Game seven against Dallas, game five against Utah, and of course the curse breaker night. Again. If you just got off your U-Haul from Philadelphia or across the hall supporting Westbrook or Harden less than a year ago, being part of this fan base that you claim to be a part of, which I think you're all temporary, but I still love you. You have no right to tell Clipper fans who Terrence Mann is. You can comment on what's happening now, but you don't know him like we do. So when you make these judgments about this needs to happen, this needs to happen, no. Be patient. Give him till the end of the season. And it's looking like he's starting to turn this around. I'm never going to, he did, after that game six, he's always going to get my support because that moment meant so much to me. I, I can't emphasize it enough how that second round thing was held over our heads in the city. Laker fans used to mention it so much. I couldn't even like go a week without talking, like cause basketball growing up in LA, we talked basketball all the time. Like this is a basketball crazed city. Laker fans, Clipper fans, you know, we keep going back and forth. Not one week could go by without them mentioning something about the second round or us blowing a 3-1 lead after we blew against Houston. So the fact, I always said it was going to take a Herculean performance to do it, to get out of it, and you know who did it? The Herculean performance came. Terrence Mann. 
And that wasn't just one game. Last year, all of us begged for him to get more minutes, and now we're just gonna. Some of us are just gonna turn on him like that because he's in a shooting slump. Very fickle for a guy who's given everything to this franchise and has been very available. But anyway, I rest my case. How about thirteen points? Well, fourteen actually. Five rebounds, three assists, solid defense, one turnover, five for nine from the field, and three for six from three. Fifty percent in twenty-eight minutes. Let's see what Terrence Mann's three-point percentage, three percentage was coming into this game. Probably not good, obviously. What? Okay, 25%. And it's going to get a little better uh, tomorrow. So by the time you listen to this, they'll have updated his stats on ESPN, and it'll probably be like 26, maybe 27. Clippers win it 138-111. to 111. This right now, I mean, 20 wins out of 26... This is arguably the best stretch in franchise history. I mean, of course, we had the December to remember in 2013 where we won 17 straight. You could argue we played some better teams in this one. We did take advantage of some weak teams in that one. But we still, like, that was still an amazing West. I think there was more great teams in that one, but there's more good teams in this one, if that makes sense. And I'll tell you what, one of them just got a huge hit with John Morant tearing his labrum. That's unfortunate. But anyway, so don't take the Laker loss too seriously, guys. Look at the way we responded in the second night of a back-to-back, like, listen to this team we're talking about through 36 games. Guys, this is the best chance we've ever had to win a ring. And it's all about Kawhi Leonard's health. Like, James Harden has helped. Westbrook coming off the bench is amazing. But it's all about Kawhi Leonard and Paul George's health. Mainly number two. He makes the difference. He's the only reason anyone takes us seriously to win a ring. Because James Harden and Paul George and Russ, if it was just those three with, like, let's say DeRozan or something, nobody would take them that seriously. They'd be good. But this is different with Kawhi. Because he's been there, done that. And he has that four-letter word, the aura. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod. Subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, for even more LA Clipper and LA Sports content. This was the fourth game I missed this season, like going at home, like home games. We're 4-0 in all the games I didn't go. But we still have a good home record when I'm there, too, 11-4. But we are 4-0 when I haven't gone. Warriors, Paul George game winner, the first win against Denver, blowout against Sacramento, and now this one. So I've missed some good ones. But it is what it is. You know, I'm living life. I'm honored to be your host for this first ever Super Team in Clipper history. Playing really well and looking like I was dead wrong. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod, as I said. Also, make sure you tell me who your player of the game was. I'm going James Harden, but Paul George is right there with him. And if it's Zubats, also right there with him. Let me know what you think. Have a great day, Clipper Nation. And the age-old problem continues. Go Clippers.